I've been wanting to share this message for some time. As a church, we have a really strong emphasis on breaking bread, on taking communion. And uh, we do it, some churches only once a month, some people only every two months. Uh, we've, uh, bigger, we've been doing it all through this pandemic, except uh, 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 our carol service and our Easter Sunday service, every single Sunday we've met. And I felt by doing this live stream where we worship together, we break bread together, we praise a church together, and we uh, hear God's word together. It's been a really, really important part of what God has been doing in our hearts. But you know, many people, um, they, they, they have a limited understanding of the communion. Uh, and today I want us to dig into the scriptures and uh, ask uh, and ask the Lord to really uh, open our hearts to why the communion is so important in our lives. First of all, let's just look at the terms. So we're going to call it first of all the covenant meal. Did you know this is? It's at the uh, the Passover meal where Jesus began the new covenant. That's where he declared it. What Jeremiah prophesied. So many years ago, he is, that's when, I think we have to let Milo go. Okay, I know some people have been saying they've been missing him. So, but he's got a mind of his own. And uh, anyway, he's an interesting member of our congregation this morning. Um, but that's a covenant. It's where God has made an irrevocable covenant. It's not like a contract. Um, a, a football manager has a contract. But if you, as many Premier League managers have found out, uh, it's not a covenant. It's not an <laughs> irrevocable agreement. In fact, your chances of being sacked are uh, about 80% in uh, lots of uh, football teams. Um, but it's a, a covenant is different. It means I cannot break this agreement with you. It's irrevocable until one party chooses to walk away from the covenant. And so there's different terms for what we call the, there's the term communion, uh, which literally means the fellowship. It's a time when we're focusing back on the cross, a time where we're communing with the Lord and we're sharing, we're sharing literally the sharing together of the uh, Lord's Supper. That's another term, the Lord's Supper. It was at the Passover meal. Um, and uh, the reason we call it the Lord's Supper is because at that time, Jesus revealed himself as the Passover lamb. He revealed that it was not going to be the blood of bulls and goats or lambs put on the doorposts that was going to cover Israel from their sin and God's people from, their, from the things they've done wrong. It was going to be his own blood because he was the Passover lamb. The word breaking bread. Well, in Jewish culture, breaking bread means to you do that at the beginning of a meal. But in this context, <clears throat> as we break bread at the communion, his body broken for us is one of the things we declare. Uh, that's another word for uh, taking of the bread and wine together. And then the word Eucharist which the more high churches use, is actually comes from the word thanksgiving, that we are thanking God for his sacrifice for us. 
And so what's the historical background of the communion? Uh, we've gone quite a long way in church tradition from where it really began. It, began, it came out of the Passover meal. And if you did the Passover, we've got a video up there, albeit with lots of mistakes. Um, <laughs> Luke, uh, that it, the Bible is so clear that Jesus initiated the communion during the Passover meal. In, in, in Luke twenty-two fifteen, he said to his disciples, I earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. It was, it was like an intense longing in Jesus that he would have this special meal time together with his, with his uh, nearest and dearest, with his disciples. And um, it, was, it was a time when he revealed himself to them as the Passover lamb. It's a time where he demonstrated to them that he would become, he was going to die and suffer and, and become that atoning sacrifice for all the things we've done wrong. Luke twenty two nineteen. 19, I'm just going to say Jesus would have celebrated the Passover 32 times. If we believe he died the age around the age of 33, he would have had that Passover even as a little boy, he would have celebrated over children joined in the Passover meal. That's why we can't wait to do it all back together again uh, next year. Um, and, uh, and he would have probably celebrated it twice with these disciples. But he was holding back all through that. He hadn't revealed what actually was the core element of the Passover meal. And in that Passover meal... That's when the communion was initiated. It says, Luke twenty-two nineteen. he took the bread and when he had given thanks, for well, if you got that there, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then Luke twenty-two twenty. it says, likewise, after, um, he, he, likewise the cup, after they have eaten, i.e. breaking of bread was at the beginning of the Passover, the cup was at the end, the third cup of the Passover meal. He, he said, he, after they'd eaten, he said, this uh, cup that is poured out for you um, is the new covenant in my blood. And that's, uh, it's a covenant that is no longer dependent on uh, a regular sacrifice of animals it is once and for all in his blood and um, it is the third cup of the passover meal there are four cups in that meal uh, and the third cup incidentally judas had already left before they got to the cup of redemption it's called and he was declaring at that moment Ah, it's my blood that is going to redeem you, that is going to purchase you out of bondage to, to, to the enemy, to Satan, into a wonderful kingdom, uh, a wonderful new life, into the freedom, into the promised land, as it were, uh, that God had for his Israelites. And so suddenly, as Jesus declared that the new covenant was in his blood, it says, in my blood. Wow, that is amazing. Uh, but he, he, was, he was beginning the transition, as it were, from the old covenant, which was, which was going to come 
to an end is to come into this new covenant, which is based on better promises, which is based on uh, uh, all, which is based on his blood, not the blood of animals. And yet in this covenant meal, and, the, and I mean God has a covenant with us, uh, as, as long as we are, remain in him, we are joined to him in that irrevocable agreement. He has, we are in Christ Jesus, we are under his blessing. And it's a covenant, irrevocable, it's a covenant between us and God. And yet on the very night, where Jesus began the new covenant and began this covenant meal. That's another term for the communion, the covenant meal. Judas betrayed him. Isn't that sad? And it's almost like the contrast between God's faithfulness and God's eternal love and what Judas did. And so he reveals himself that the lamb that they have uh, been partaking of, the lamb that they have gathered around which is in the it would have been uh, the bone would be in the center of the table he was that lamb and now uh, the blood that was on doorposts would be replaced because it would be his blood that covers our life so the destruction as as destruction passed over that's why it's called the passover the uh, that passes over is now we are under his blood and his protection and those evil things pass over us we're not we are under the blessing and favor of god in matthew 26 27 he said this he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying drink from it all of you for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for the remission of sin now let's get this straight god doesn't in the, the old covenant covered the sin it was almost it was just a covering until the fulfillment of uh, came in jesus christ in the new covenant god doesn't just cover your sin god removes it from you and so when you go when we've come to god and We've given our life to him. He, it's that, like that verse in the Old Testament, I will remember their sins no more. In fact, that was part of the new covenant. Each of us will, each of them will know me from the least to the greatest. Um, and I will remember their iniquities no more. God has not just covered us. It's been removed from our being. Justification, that wonderful word that you find in Romans, is just as if, those things, those sins, those falling short had never taken place. That is amazing. That is amazing. Don't keep going back and reconfessing what God has already removed from you. Uh, I know someone did that and God says, what? What are you talking about? It's not there anymore. It's gone. It's buried in the deepest sea. As far as the north is from the south, east from the west, I have removed it from you. And so there are three things that the three general understandings of communion, uh, each of which have elaborations in the church world. And this is where we want, to, I just want to go a bit deeper about what is the communion. Firstly, um, uh, there's this sense of we remember the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We remember the price 
he paid. In Luke 22, 19, Jesus, it says, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When we break bread together, we are remembering that he paid the ultimate sacrifice. He, greater love has no man than this. Then he lays down his life for us, for a friend, for us. And while we were still messing about, while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. So when we come to the communion, we come back to the foundation of our faith. We come back to the core of every blessing on our life. God didn't just one day wake up and go, I'm going to bless you. He paid for that blessing. It is through his cross. And so we remember that when we take, break the bread and we take the cup, we're remembering that Jesus, we get back to the core of our foundation. And you know, today you can get books on, you know, all kinds of aspects of Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> And some places, they hardly talk about the cross and the blood and the power of the death and resurrection of Christ. And that is, as Paul said, the cross. It is the power of the gospel. Um, and there's a reformer called Zwigli. You know, the reformers differed, uh, who said, it's just to remember. It's nothing more. It, it doesn't go further than that. But I believe, and most other reformers are men, men but it's, there's something deeper than just remembering. It's, uh, secondly, is that God, Jesus, is spiritually present in the communion. Mark 14, said this, Jesus took the bread, blessed it and broke it, and said, said to them, take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup and when he'd given thanks to them and they all drank from it, he said to them, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. And so in what way is God present in the communion? Well, I'll just spin ahead to um, uh, uh, the other view, which, which goes even further, the transubstantiation, which is the Catholic view, um, where... They believe that the substance of the bread and the wine is transformed uh, into the very physical presence of the body and blood of Jesus. Now, uh, <laughs> most of us Protestants, probably all of us, would not accept that he is physically present in the bread and the wine. Um, and, and in those kind of churches, I remember I went to a very high church boarding school the priest would have to finish all the wine at the end of the communion service because you couldn't throw the wine away because uh, in some way God was physically present in that and um, uh, I, 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 I think uh, that presents lots of different issues but I do believe this it is more than just remembering uh, Calvin, a great reformer, said this, it's a visible sign of an invisible thing. Our Anglican friends and the Methodists talk about it's a means by which grace is imparted. It's a means by which some Jesus is spiritually present in the bread and the wine. He is present with us. And as we partake of that ordinance, 
we can we receive something from him smith wigglesworth's trying to break bread every day he said he felt that focusing back on the lord and receiving the fresh the bread and the wine just strengthened him spiritually and something i believe happens spiritually uh, uh often i know a lot of christians and we do it a lot is when you're going when particularly at different at times of seeking god or at times when you're in a bit of a, a spiritual warfare or whatever break bread together and one focus yourself back on jesus yeah. and what he's done and to receive his grace his provision his covering that his because of his uh because of his blood that that the evil the enemy has against us will pass over you know a lot of people get very scared of these occultists when i'm in africa there's all kinds of there's all i heard all sorts of strange things going on and people drinking blood out of you know skulls and all this thing and they believe that that gave them some kind of demonic impartation well how much more powerful is the lord's supper as we receive afresh his provision of his body and blood is the impartation that god gives us and uh, i would just say to you as you break bread as we're going to in a minute receive afresh the provision of calvary receive afresh the blessing of god upon your life and so what happens when we break bread that's dig into some scriptures here um to 1 corinthians eleven twenty six, paul says this for as often as you drink this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes wow, wow. Yeah. and so what are we doing when we're taking the bread and the wine there's something so powerful that's why the satan hates it so much we are declaring the victory of jesus because he won the, the resurrection isn't the victory. That's just a that's just a confirmation of the victory. The victory was won at Calvary, where he defeated principalities and powers, and Satan's hold on us and right to us is broken at the cross. And so, when we partake of the communion, we're proclaiming the victory of the cross. We're proclaiming the full payment of the cross, and we are proclaiming that Jesus has defeated darkness until he comes. And by the way, Jesus said, I'm not going to partake of the Passover. I'm not going to partake of these of the, of the bread and the wine, I believe, until he comes in his kingdom. Wow. Mm. So it's a proclamation of the death of Jesus, the victory of Jesus. Uh, it's a powerful spiritual mm. thing. You know, some people say, well, baptism, that's, that's great, but it doesn't mean anything spiritually. I can tell you after I was baptized by immersion, something, something broke over my life. I know people had satanic symbols tattooed, and when they got baptized, and they came up, the symbol of being removed. Mm -hmm. Something happens when you do what God says, when you break bread together. Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 10, 16, I, I love this. It's Paul said, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though we are many, are one bread and one body, we all partake of that one bread. Paul said, the cup of blessing which we bless. 
So often before I break bread, often I will bless that cup that I will receive the blessing. It's a cup of blessing. <laughs> well, I often do a divine exchange. If I, uh, as if there's something troubling my heart, I give that to Jesus and I receive from him. Maybe in the air of healing, I give that to Jesus and receive from him. It's a cup of blessing. If I feel like there's a curse that's come against me, I give that to Jesus and I receive his blessing mm -hmm. and so i bless the elements and pray god's blessing on them and as i partake of the cup of blessing i appropriate the blessing of god mm -hmm. afresh now it's all mine in christ anyway but i'm receiving it afresh by mm -hmm. faith mm -hmm. and we are sharing it's is it not the communion a sharing of the blood of christ we are sharing in his benefits now this is where i'm gonna i'm not gonna be keeping too long um it's a bank holy weekend i know that um <laughs> this is where did jesus lose most of his followers now some people say oh you mustn't talk about this no i'm going to talk about it john 6 53 jesus said most assuredly i say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, my blood is, uh, my blood is drink indeed, and whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, my blood abides in me. Now that must have been, it says, many left him, <laughs> and even said to the disciples, do you want to go too? But there's a, we are not physically, he wasn't saying, come bite my arm off, you know. <laughs> he wasn't saying, you know, what was he looking at? He's saying, we need to receive from Jesus. Mm. We, and, and, and I believe as we partake in the bread and the wine, we are receiving uh, by faith, that I am drawing on him. He is the source of my life. Paul says, uh, to, uh, to me, to, uh, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I am in Christ. He is the source of my life. I am partaking of the fact he died for me. I am receiving a fresh and appropriating that his blood was shed for me that his full provision, redemption means you are purchased spirit, soul, and body by him. Healing in the communion. You know, after where the very first uh, uh, Passover in Israel was on the last night before they left uh, Egypt. Um, and uh, they've been in slavery 400 years and they have been really mistreated. Uh, and yet it says, in Psalm 105, verse 37, he brought them out with silver and gold, so they got payment for all the things that they'd done for, uh, during that time, and there was none feeble among his tribes. Mm. Just imagine that, all the older people, they were not feeble. They, they, they some of who had been so brutalized and so harshly treated, not one of them was feeble. That is amazing. Maybe something happened during that Passover meal. I just submit it to you. But also, it talks about Isaiah 53, that uh, verse 5, by his stripes we are 
healed. And you know, I've, I've heard testimony after testimony where, um, uh, where a chaplain has said to a Christian in hospital, declared with a terminal illness, take communion every day and receive God's healing touch as you take it. And there have been so many accounts where God has released his healing in the communion. As, and, and I see it's part of the divine exchange. As his back was torn open by the whip, I can receive his healing. In fact, Matthew goes even further, Matthew 8, 17. It goes, it, quoting from Isaiah 53, it says, He himself took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Give it to him. There's healing in the communion. Maybe even today, as we break bread at the end of this time, receive his healing touch. Appropriate the blessings of, uh, of, the, of, of the cross as you partake the cup of blessing. I want to receive everything Jesus died for. I just don't want to just have my insurance policy paid and get to heaven. I want to receive his righteousness, mm. his healing. I want his justification. I want that peace because I'm at peace with God because he has paid the price. How do we approach the communion? Okay, we're just really nearly on the runway now. 1 Corinthians 11, and this is so important. Now, the Corinthians are way out of order. I mean, they were getting drunk at the communion. At KCC, you can't do that because we don't serve fermented wine. Uh, but uh, it's, it says uh, Paul had to say to them this, Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner is guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself so that he can eat the bread and drink the cup. For he who drinks and eats in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And so none of us are perfect as we come to the communion. We all know that. Uh, we've all fallen short in different ways. But we need to do it discerning the body and blood of Jesus, that we're doing it uh, uh, not just in a glib way, certainly not getting drunk at the communion as the Corinthians, sadly some of them had been doing. But we are honouring Jesus and we are partaking afresh mm -hmm. and we are receiving the grace of God mm -hmm. through partaking of the sacraments. We're discerning his body and blood, that we are discerning what he did at the cross for each and every one of us. So Ed, we don't want to drink in an unworthy manner. Let's take the communion. And I would say don't take it in a routine manner. Oh yeah, here we come to the service. We're going to break bread. Don't do it in a routine manner. Do it in an honouring way to the Lord. And it says examine himself. I would say where we look at the cross afresh and Jesus laid down his life for us. C.T. Studd, the great missionary, said, If Jesus be the Son of God and he gave his life for me, no price is too great for me to pay for him. He laid down his life. And so deal with anything, any areas you haven't brought before the Lord. If there's a besetting thing in your life that it's not uh, right, just bring it before the Lord and receive afresh. And when you leave the communion, See yourself clothed in his righteousness. You're always in his righteousness, but 
appropriated afresh. Mm. Discern the body and blood. How often should we do it? And I think the scripture gives us a clear understanding. Acts 2, 46. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts where they met to be, uh, and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere heart. That breaking of bread is most uh, scholars, you can't argue it dogmatically, but it appears that they were having communion in house to house. When they got together, mm -hmm. they would have communion. Some traditions, it's only when a priest blesses that uh, bread and wine that they, they can have communion. In thankfully, in our we believe we are all priests <laughs> and kings unto our God. You can bless your, uh, you can have bread, you can break bread with other believers or as a family as often as you want. And I, I do it a lot more these days than I used to. And I just, I really draw on Jesus in that way. I draw on Jesus from the Word of God. I draw on Jesus because the power of the Holy Spirit's on me. I draw on Jesus through the prayer of others and praying myself, but I also draw on Jesus as I partake of the bread and wine. How did it happen in the early church? They, they didn't stand, stand around the table looking odd. Listen, the communion <laughs> was a part of what they call the agape feast yeah. or the love feast. Yeah. Uh, Jude even says, about these heretics that they are spots in your love feast the early church would have these feasts like a fellowship meal uh Trev trevor was pointing that out to me we should all have a meal before we break bread together <laughs> um uh, we do a lot of meals in kcc um but it was a, a meal where they would meet together they probably would begin by breaking bread and uh, uh, and end by taking that cup, the cup of redemption, taking that cup of communion uh, together. And it was a time where they strengthened bonds together and where they uh, put aside discord among them. And, uh, and, and it's only in about the uh, 250 that the communion got separated from their, their agape feasts. And I think that's really sad. The early church celebrated communion, not in a riotous way, but in a fellowship together. And so don't, some people go all spooky in the community. <laughs> yes. uh, you don't need to. It is, uh, the Eucharist literally means a thanksgiving, yeah. a thanksgiving for mm. Jesus's yeah. body and blood that shed for us. And so I pray as you break bread today, that the communion will come alive. It's not just in remember, we do remember but it's also an impartation of grace. It's a cup of blessing. Yeah. And so we're going to break bread all together now. And I encourage you to do that wherever you are watching this. Yeah, oh, yeah. You start. Yeah. So thank you, Lord. So let's just pray as we prepare. So thank you, Lord, for your word and revelation through your word mm. today about the cup of blessing, Lord. I pray that each and every one of us would be able to receive the cup of blessing afresh. Lord, we present ourselves before you. We pray that you would reveal things that you want to work in. We give those things to you where we've fallen short right now. And we receive afresh 
just that whole cleansing, that whole sense of righteousness before you. Lord, we present our pains, our hurts, our sadness, anything we have against anyone or that anyone has done to us. We present all those things before you now. We give them to you, Jesus. We lay them at the foot of the cross. We receive back forgiveness. We receive back hope. We receive back peace. We receive Mm. healing and restoration of any relationships in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for laying down your life for us. Thank you that we are able to receive afresh the Mm. grace. And thank you, Lord, that we are able now to proclaim your death. Amen. To declare it into the (laughs) spiritual realm and over our lives and over our family that you have defeated death and sin. You have victory over the enemy and Mm. evil. Thank you, Lord. We live under a banner of your love and under that banner of your blessing today Mm. because of what you've done on the cross, Jesus. Thank you. So right now, let's take the bread. We're going to thank you, Lord, the body of Christ broken for you. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you. Amen. The cup of the new covenant in your blood, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The blood of Jesus shed for you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just receive his peace. Receive his joy right now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Forgiveness is ours. Wholeness and strength. Thank you, Lord. And I just sense there's someone out there, you've had um, a spine issue, and I just speak over a spine issue connected with discs, and um, I just speak healing, alignment, and I pray Mm. pressure would be lifted now. In Jesus' name, I just speak total restoration to your spine in Jesus' name. And I had the, the word of growth, mm. and I sense there's a growth. A scent, it's not a, actually a lump. It's more along the mm. lines of somebody needing um, a, a part of you to grow. It's a really strange part, a word, but I believe it might perhaps it's to do with a child. You're concerned Thank about you, their development. Jesus. So I just speak growth over that child in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for just bringing healing to arms right now. I just uh, Arms and shoulders. Yes where there's um, like a strain in the shoulders that's connected to the movement of your arms. I just speak Mm. healing right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And I believe as someone here, you just need to be reminded this morning, it is a covenant. Mm. You may have wondered, but God is committed to you. And uh, he's saying, come back into that relationship in a fresh way. You too can come under all the blessings, mm. all of the goodness. And this, uh, still there's someone here, you've got extremely high blood pressure at the moment. And God is saying, I, that God wants to give you peace. Mm. And I just speak peace over you mm. and calmness to your body. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit's just being poured out upon you right mm. now. And the peace of God, you can, it's like oil being poured on your head right now. Mm. All that struggle and striving, it's broken now in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lord, just pour out your healing balm yeah. this morning, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Mm. The mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes. Well, we're going to declare a new declaration as we did last week, 1 June 24. You'll see it there on your screen. You can declare it too. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we just thought we'd do some different ones from time to time.
now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you faultless before his presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Saviour who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forevermore amen have a wonderful a great week. bank holiday yes, lovely god bless weekend. you